0: Hello and welcome to the Practical Magic Podcast, a weekly dive into ways in which we can live a calmer, more creative and empowered life on our own terms. I'm Kate Taylor, creativity and empowerment coach, and I'm on a mission to help us live an embodied life full of creative expression through my blended melting pot of goodness I call Practical Magic. Welcome to this week's Practical Magic Podcast, where today I have the most special guest with me. It is the wonderful David Wells, who's perhaps best known for his TV presence and being a Hay House author. His psychic and spiritual connection gifts were activated when, in adulthood, a near-death experience allowed him to access to other worlds and powers available to us in our universe. Since then, since this moment in time, he's been on a mission to help other people tap into their own innate powers and help them walk their own spiritual path with confidence. And he does this through a cultivated treasure trove, including work one-to-one with clients, his work writing and workshops. And he does this with services such as past life regression, Kabbalah, tarot and astrology. On the show today, we are talking about what it means to talk to your soul and how you connect into past lives to help you access the gifts that you need in everyday life and cut the cords of stuff that doesn't work for you. We're covering a lot of ground today, including what is soul? I mean, you know, nothing too big there. And how we can tune into patterns and rhythms and daily practices and symbiology to connect in with what we most need in our day-to-day lives, to live a richer life too. So welcome along to the show, the darling David Wells. I'm so excited to have you on the Practical Magic podcast. You know I'm a long-term advocate and fan of yours, so it's just such a wonder to have you here. I wondered if you could just give us a brief introduction to the Practical Magic listeners in terms of who you are, what you do, and how you have come to share your wonderful gifts
1: with the world. Uh-huh. Hi, Kate, thank you for having <laughs> me on. Just a small statement then. Um, uh, I I started, I think a lot of people will, uh, I don't know so much now because it's been over a decade and I did a TV show called Most Haunted. So a lot of people knew me from TV then, but a very tiny, tiny part of what I did or or really what I wanted to do. So um, <clears throat> essentially I was in the Royal Navy for many years and I doing the old, you know, the things you do in the Royal Navy, marching around. And I watched the Royal Yacht for a time and got very disillusioned with the whole thing, um, decided to leave. And then it was almost like uh, you know, technically I was in my so my Saturn return. I mean, that's the reality of it if you wanna if you wanna go straight into magic. Um, so everything around me started to, to crumble and I found myself uh, led, uh, long story, but short, uh, led to the path of Kabbalah, who the Q, Q-A-B-A-L-E-H. Um, as opposed to K which you know is a great system too but it's, there there is lots of different Kabbalahs and the mystic western tradition was the one that I was led to but via astrology so astrology was the first thing I did um, and then I started to work in amongst Kabbalah it kind of opens up what it, it, it opens up into a world where you are your own interests take on the mantle of the tree of life too. So if you were particularly Buddhist or Catholic or Jewish, the tree will work for you that way. Um, But for me, it worked in a kind of magical way with the, um, with tarot, with past life work, energy work, uh, you know, astrology most certainly, Kabbalah itself, uh, and sort of led me through uh, lots of of various moments. And then I, I, I did do TV work, and uh, then I started to write for magazines and newspapers during the astrology, which has since all gone, all of it, think a bit of it's gone. Um, so I followed that rhythm, if you like, all the way through. And I, I sort of, for me, it's all about using those patterns, using those rhythms and understanding, even in the tough times, you know, as well as the good times, where the learning is and where you fit in with all of that and people around you and the universe. It's a big, they they seem like really big things, but ultimately um, they do come down to daily practice and they do come down to day to day awareness. I mean, literally in everything, there's symbology and everything. Um, So, yeah it's it's been a, a mighty pathway it still continues of course i don't, I don't think we ever stop learning um so that's it that's a nutshell <laughs> That
0: is certainly a nutshell, isn't it? And it is an interesting journey that we find ourselves on. So, you know, I can't imagine that when you're in the Navy, you would have been looking ahead and going, oh, yeah, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go into this. I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to be writing for magazines. And then what's going to happen is at some point that this is going to that's going to end. And then, our, you know, nothing is ever set out for us in a way that we think sometimes our ego tells us that it should be. Is it so? And you're on a mission, aren't you, to help other people to tap into the, their own innate powers to walk a spiritual pathway. And I guess that a lot of that does entail like how we can work with patterns and rhythms and symbiology and the daily practices. So with all of that, what is it that you do when, with other people? And why do you think that's so important for us now?
1: I think what I do with other people is to help them through through the various uh, disciplines. You know, it can be the astrological chart, which is always a great starting point. Uh, it's very specific. People get, you know, just to be clear, this is a this is what, you know, we call real astrology. <laughs> Whereas Sun sign astrology is exactly what it says. It's just the sun, it's just well, what affects the sun. It fits into twelve sections, therefore fits into newspapers, you know. Um so I start with that and I start to look at the astrology and then from that lots of questions will arise and then we can look at uh, past life work and I can see also with habits and cycles things like the outer planets like the Saturn return we mentioned is a, um, is a 28, 29 year thing around, around that birthday and then again when you approach 60. But there are many other ways of looking at it. Even just Saturn, there's a seven-year itch with Saturn. So he squares his, he squares himself, in other words, goes to 90 degrees and you're trying to confronts himself when you're seven, then again when you're 14, then again when you're 21, and then again when you're 28, and so it continues and continues and continues. So if you know these seven-year itches and how they're working, you can, as you become more aware of it, you can think, okay, I need to knuckle under this is going to be tough or this is going to be great because he he does he does form very positive unions too Um, so this is a time for growth this is a time for uh, laying fallow this is a time for retreat and I think you know what I really want people to see is that that's all extraordinarily personal it's we can write about Saturn returns and I could write You know, and say when you're you when Saturn is in Taurus and you know you're this age, you will feel it likely to feel it in this way. But I don't know where he is in your personal chart, I don't know how he's aspecting other planets in your chart and and also what's going on around that. So it gets extremely detailed. Uh, I think though, there's something that I've learned through doing the work and, and working with clients is. You know, there there is um there's a tendency to sometimes go into the should uh, aspect of things, shoulda woulda coulda stuff. And and really the one of my biggest things is I never tell anyone what's beyond the door. You know, I, I really just want to open a door and stand beside them while they peer into it and see, you know, what what's on that pathway for them because it will be different for everyone. When I've opened some doorways in, in Kabla and, and past life work. stepped out it's not been the same as my group mates it's not not at all um some i found extraordinarily difficult and they've just skipped down so it's not about this is what happens here this is what happens in this path this is what it's a generalization and then supporting people when they get to that doorway and it and, and things change and alter i think for me the the way in which that has changed in the world is that we have so much information at our fingertips. We can get caught up in the maelstrom of um, this is what it's like for everybody. And we get caught up in the, therefore that's what it must has to be like for me. Um, And it's not true. It's not true. I know people who hit the Saturn return and because there's very little going on with other planets, for example, they just breeze through it. It's just like, Oh, okay. Well, that wasn't as bad as everybody says. And, and other people like myself who have a a tough one. When I was homeless during mine. I was made homeless. That's how severe mine was
0: wow that that so so basically, from what we 're saying here and what you 're saying here and sharing is that you know if you 're looking at your um, your chart it 's almost like a it 's a blueprint isn 't it for what 's going on at every at every term but it 's down to free will for your own experiences of what's going on with you at that time. And that can be, you know, because like you say, you could have somebody who was born on the, Mm. excuse me, the same time as you like say twins, for example, Mm. same time, same place, same chart as it were, although there'll be slight variations, but it comes down to many different factors in terms of what's going on from us from a, you know, what our mission is in life or the people that we're interacting with or how things are crossing over in the pathways it is so individualistic so it can't be like a one one size fits all in terms of the experiences that you have at different points can it
1: it definitely can't be and, and with twins you know you're right so people often say that but surely the twins are charts are the same and They're not because i mean as far as i understand it one baby comes out then the other one <laughs> so it's kind of you know there is a time difference and that time difference, even though it can just be a few minutes, if it is just a few minutes, it does make a difference. And you're right, also what's happening and the way it's being presented in their lives can be different. Uh, so they have the same set of challenges, but they have a different approach to it in how they are going to tackle it, most definitely. But also I think what what people sometimes miss with this is the the guidance system that astrology is, is a blueprint of where your life may go. You're right. And it's also, it's, it's, it is a movable feast in as much as you can decide how you reacted to, to different situations. I, I, I don't feel, and this is the problem. A lot of people feel tied down by it. I hear this. Um, people go blah blah blah. Bla. That's because I'm a tourist, and that's what tourists do. Well, yeah, that is what tourists do. But you can either say I'm doing this because it's what tourists do, or that's what a tourist would do. But I don't like it, so I'm not going to be a tourist today. I'm going to change that. So you, you know, you can you can decide what it is you want to do within it.
0: Oh yes, I love that taking aspects from all different things because that's you know that's what it's all there for as a mm-hmm. toolkit, isn't it? It's learning and taking aspects for each other. Like I know, for example. I'm a sun and moon Libra, yet I'm Virgo rising. And I will be flexible and also have areas of Scorpio in my chart as well. So I will be flexible and take what I need at the time. Like when I need to be really decisive, Libra really sits on the back shelf. When I need to get the detail right, Virgo like comes up front and centre. When I need to make things beautiful, you know you can take any aspect that you want from it, can't you? I want to invite in a topic of conversation around this which is about soul and our soul's path and incarnation because obviously we come into well not obviously this you know depending on what your belief is i want to be really clear for that for the listeners my belief is that we come into this life with a, um, a mission a journey whatever it is we need to learn in this particular time and that's going to be different for every single person so coming back to the twin analogy you may have the same roughly the same chart but you're going to have a different mission in life aren't you a different um journey so so can we talk about soul mm-hmm. soul purpose and what what's your definition of what
1: soul is oh it's, it's a big one isn't it i think for me, I read an article, and you remember, we're always learning and always questioning, and it was only a few weeks ago, I read this fascinating article about the soul, the incarnated soul, and the higher soul. So the soul that's traveling inside your body, and that's how I've always perceived soul, as something that's um, very much part of who you are. It, you carry it with you because it's in there. It's that we still voice we hear, you know? Um, but then this was a concept of the higher soul being external to the body. So its knowledge is untainted by, you know, earthly living. Or I was thinking, but sure, the soul isn't tainted in any any way. And it, it, it's a complicated scenario. With So now someone's introduced to me this concept of higher soul. Not higher self, not spiritual self. That's something different. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Sometimes for me, what soul is, is that bit that says to you, you can do better than this. That, that to me, ultimately is whether it's higher soul or whether it's incarnate soul. However you look at it, it's the bit that checks you, and it's a, it says, okay, this is this really what you want? Is this can we not do something better here? Is there not a better you approaching this particular um, event or scenario? And I do a um, and hopefully you know I'll show people how to do this at the Awakening Festival is. Um, I do this thing where I use a meditation where you contact the soul where you move into soul talk before the workshop, because that 's where you need to be in, in a past life workshop in most workshops. You need to be working from souls so or personalities left outside the door, so it's highly contactable, so to me, it is a, it's a stepping stone between your incarnate, um, you know personality to your higher self or to your spiritual being that's external. So it's like, the, it's like the bridge, you know, in your sonar system or your light system. Your soul is like the bridge that moves between the two.
0: I love that. Um, when Lucy Sheridan and Joe Westwood did Higher Selfie, they talked about, as they set up the uh, event, leaving doing an ego coat check. So leaving your ego at the door, so that you could allow whatever needs to come into your system, into your field of being, into your senses, whatever it needs to do to drop in. And when you when you talk about soul, it's very much how I I talk about soul as well. In terms of, for me, it's a connection into intuition. It's a connection into dropping out of head into body. Like it is that. And, and soul feels expansive, doesn't it, where ego can feel quite contractive. And so when we can work with that, it can give us infinite possibilities in terms of how we look at things differently, how we judge things differently, how we do what feels right from a place of truth, um, of, of heart, of connection, and gets out of the way of ego. Is that, how does that work for you in day-to-day life as well, David?
1: um when i have to make choices that are, are bigger and then i will sit down and listen to the soul talk i will sit and actively connect with my soul to think okay and, and nine times out of 10 k i'll be honest with you don't like what it says because <laughs> it's usually challenging and it's usually something that makes me have to step up and be you know a brave boy um <laughs> But I understand, and sometimes I delay it. You know, the truth is my personality will delay and delay and delay until I think, okay, right, yes. And sometimes I'm straight in there, you know. Um, but on a daily basis, I think my practice my practice of taking, I take a card in the morning, so I take a, a tarot card in the morning. Um, it, it's not necessarily to predict my day ahead. That's not why I take it. It's for reflection. It's for the message and the reflection within the card. Sometimes I use an oracle card, but it tends to be a tarot card. I don't. Um, then I. I don't meditate in the normal sense. I don't sit down a lot. I do meditate, obviously, but I don't do it a lot. My contemplative meditative time is actually with my dog. So um, for me, when I walk with my dog, I I talk to my soul in that moment. I also talk to whoever's around me, if, uh, if oh, and not out loud. <laughs> well, sometimes I do, but <laughs> I try not to. So I use my soul uh, connection, and then I, I expand just to around me and I see who's walking with me. Because generally, um, if you look, they're always there. It's just if you you shift your your consciousness, and then I walk with whoever's there if I need to, and I I, I talk with with them too. So I think my soul, the soul work I do daily is um, for myself. Is that trying to keep myself on track? And very often, I'll be honest, is trying to keep myself calm in a world that, that sometimes seems to be um, you know, overwhelming.
0: Yes, and and thank you for sharing that. So I love that idea that everyday meditation can be something as simple as walking the dog. For me, that is just, you know, I don't sit on a, a cushion for half an hour a day. I just don't. For me, it's getting down to the beach, walking with the dog. I, and there's a little spot actually near where I live, um, and there's a, a particular, so we walk around the hay fields, and then there's a particular wooded area. And as soon as I step into that area, very much like you're saying, I will invite in whoever is around. So, you know, without wanting to sound too woo-woo for the listeners, that may be anybody who's living in the trees. It may be the trees themselves. It may be like, but for me, it's just setting an intention and going, okay, I'm inviting in any energy that wants to connect where we can play and we can be curious and I'm listening. And it's just, it's really is a simple, it can be as simple as that, can't it?
1: A hundred percent. And that's, that's, I'm really big on simplicity. I think that the best techniques are the ones that have, you, not all the fuss and and all the do this do this do that do this and I don't get me wrong I love a ritual and I love doing a, a temple working where I go full on but I would only ever do that when I was celebrating something incredible being very grateful and, and humbling myself um, for you know for the connections that I have and saying thank you mainly is why why I do ritual but but you're right, the, your ability to expand into that space is, is a gift. It's there for everybody. And it is, like you said, finding that. And it's a re- what you said there is a really good technique because it's the same place. It's the same system. And that builds habit. It builds, uh, it builds a uniform. So you probably put on a uniform. And I would bet that when you walk into that place, you almost feel like you change yourself. You change your clothes. You become someone different as you walk in that. That's a really good technique.
0: I know we've had conversations because you do um, a wonderful solar return for me around my birthday time. And we've had conversations before about putting on the cloak. And yeah. funny enough, when we've talked before and you were like, you know, there's there's something coming in in terms of music and there's an event. And I was like, can I wear sequins? Because <laughs> It was very much around. You're going to put this outfit on and it's going to be dark because you need to be getting into the grounded. You're going into shadow work, helping people to connect in. So yeah, it's true. It does become a bit, you know, and I'm very much, I love something where you can put an energetic layer on that says, right, I'm here. I'm here to connect in.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think also, um, you know, sometimes it, it also comes down to this, this expression, light worker, and you know, we're all light workers. And I think that, We, um, I'm a light worker, but I work in the dark, you know, I have to be cloaked in my work and I have to be silent in my work because I'm trying to find the secrets. I'm trying to find the, the corners that people don't automatically go to. And I can't do that if I'm shining bright because I'll get caught. You know, so I have to cloak myself. And then when the moment's right, then I have to shine the light. And I learned that in very, a lot of aspects in life, from ghost hunting right through to the to the spiritual work, that, um, you know, even though you're a light worker, sometimes you have to put on that cloak to help people more
0: when we're working with different archetypes for example if I think about the goddess work and the archetypes there you've got Kalimar who's deep and it's dark and you know it allows us to get into the depths versus if you're going into much more of the lighter energy It's, it's all different energies it's just how our I guess our human experience interprets that isn't it
1: I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and you just have to look at the the symbol for the tree of life, so you know, the, the, um, for Kabbalah, the, the symbol is the tree of life. And the, the sphere, they're called Sephara, Sephiroth as the plural there. Um, the top one is white and the bottom one, so the top one, spirit, is, is actually it's white with sort of electric blues and, and you know, indigo lights around it. And the base one is all the colors of earth. But as you come down, it goes from gray to black from black to blue to red to gold and yellow to um, to uh, green to yellow itself and then to purple and to silver and then down. So all colours are relevant. And I, if you work in these temples and you work in these planes, by wearing the colours that you're attracting the energy to, you, you work with that energy. So it is, yeah, absolutely right.
0: Gorgeous. Love a wild colour me. Um, let's talk about past lives you you say you know it's one of the the tools that you use is past life regression and you're going to be sharing a sacred past lives workshop which i'm so excited about at the awakening next week can you explain a bit more about past lives what they actually are how we can tune into them how they help us in this life now
1: all right okay what are past lives Yeah, I do start, again, the workshops by saying there's no such thing as past lives. Um, That's because the truth is they're always with you all the time, all of them. Um, And we're aspects of all our different lives. And who knows, we maybe have an aspect somewhere that's tuning into our life now. You know, it's a big, big subject. But for the sake of working in the here and now and in the present time with past life work, so we, we tend to look at time as linear. So your last life would be, you know, in maybe Victorian times and your time before that would be, you know, then you might have been in the Renaissance or whatever. That linear aspect helps us put to, I think, in an order that, that fits better for where we're living at the moment in this, this earthly world we live in. However, um, past lives for me is regardless of where the, what time it is and where the information comes from. It's a memory of what your soul has actually been through. It's a memory from your soul of how it has progressed and how it has learned or how it is currently learning the skills that it presents in life. And past life work works in a way that I see no other discipline working. And it's a direct communication from your soul, number one. It's a direct communication with your higher guides and with your angelics or whoever, number two. I think most importantly, it then moves itself in and through your physical. So it, you actually, you don't feel anything physical, you know, in the life. If something is if like, you know, you're not jiggling about because you're riding a carriage or something or, um, but you feel it in the, in the very core of your being. So it comes, you feel the emotion. Definitely. Um, you feel your connection to certain lands, to certain places that could be important in this life. And I think for me, past life work, it, it's. It really shows itself in the dynamics you have with other people. That's where it really takes on a magic. So, you, if you know that your partner, your child, or whoever was a certain ind- individual or character in a past life, and you can see the way you work with each other now resonating from that past life, and if it's something you want to change, then once you realise you've been doing it for, let's say, a linear time, five hundred years then you tend to think, okay, maybe 500 years is, is enough to be perpetuating the cycle. What do I want to do with this? How can I move it on? Um, it will remind you of the beautiful gifts you have. It will remind you the incredible skills that you have. It may reintroduce you to things you thought I've always wanted to do that and I never knew how. It will help you make decisions to let go of things that, like I said, you've, you've just done, done and dusted. It will also help you see with key lives which are kind of the the lives that have the biggest impact in the here and now where your karmic journey is working where you you can atone for things perhaps you still feel unsettled about or you can again celebrate the things that you you've done
0: so it's like a magic thread of where where all your knowledge can sit isn't it you know you can travel i i've had past life before and I can bring it into my frame of reference like right now and mine was based on there was a challenge that I have in everyday world particularly around um certain personalities certain male personalities nothing to do with those people in particular but it's like what kept coming up for me so I was able to tune in like this this frustration keeps coming up in my life And so I want to look at this and I want to use past lives to maybe get the keys to why this is coming up, where it first started, or at least traveling through that trajectory and going along and finding where the breadcrumbs are for um, where I'm going to get that knowledge and wisdom from. So it was a bit like having a magic thread and taking it by the hand and anybody who was k- kind of cross pathing with that, because we are all interconnected, aren't we? Yeah. Was like, where has this happened before? And why, you know, what was the particular pivot point in which we made that connection that this was happening in the present or why this had to come up in the present moment. Is that, is that kind of how you, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got so much more knowledge around this, but I I, I like the idea of a magic thread. Is that how you see it?
1: Yeah, there's um, in the when you go into between lives, <laughs> so extend past lives into you know what happens when you're not incarnate and you're in the the astral worlds. There is a great hole there that contains the tapestry of life. So it's essentially your thread woven into this massive tapestry, and you will see and you can follow it where it's thicker, where it's thinner, where it crosses other people's threads, and you can follow it along in a timeline kind of way. And you can find out who the other people's threads are by doing this this in between life work, but also, I think a thread's a great analogy because when you when you cut away what you don't want to bring at the end of the session, of course, I will clear what people or try to clear what people no longer require or help them to do that um, it's attached to you by a thread by a silver thread. It's so say, for example, you have a dynamic that uh, you you do encourage into your life the wrong kind of people, and it seems to it, it's because there's a lesson that's learned and learned and maybe not not recognized usually that you've learned it um, then you visualize the thread attached to an object uh, and a symbol a word or whatever it is, and you cut the thread and and release it and let it go. Always with the intent that whoever then needs it for their lesson picks it up. It's not it's not space junk. It's you know someone someone needs it for their for their lesson. Um, you send it with love, of course. And I think that the thread analogy is a brilliant one. But when you start to work with more than one, two, three, or four past lives, or however many you, you know, uh, I like to see it as a bubble. So you're inside a bubble. But you're in the center of that bubble with threads coming from every single past life of connection and between life connection you had to your to your soul essence in the center. And here's the thing. If you drop to the bottom of that bubble, you get closer to the to what's going on with the past life at the bottom. But the one at the top still connected to you, but it's further away. And within the, the sphere of that bubble, you can move anywhere you like. And every time you move, you extend the thread away from from some past life, but you concentrate it towards other past lives. And you can do that. You can, you can do that, consciously do it through meditative practice. You can say, okay, I want to bring more of this who I am forward.
0: So this is a, I love that idea of traveling, traveling around in in the bubble where there's a no waste policy to any of the experiences that we have here, isn't there, you know, and, and whatever we don't need, then that get, can, somebody else can use that for their own gain as well. So yeah, and I love that as a karmic response as well, because that feels so much more expansive. It feels much more a, a, a positive way. And if we set that intention out that, you know, the learning that we're going to get, when I'm done with what I need, then this knowledge or this thread can be passed on to somebody else for what they need as well. So it's, um, yeah, I, re- I really like that aspect of it. It's all within, I guess, a spiritual balance, even though there's no such thing. But it's, you know, ha- how we ebb and flow with everything too.
1: There is, an al- and also to take the bubble thing a little bit further, what happens with other people is they, you know, like bubbles will join up when you blow a load of bubbles, some will stick together. That's essentially what happens with soul groups. So their bubbles will attach to yours. And eventually as you process and they process and you, you, you move away from karmic conditions together, their bubble will detach from yours and float off and attach where it needs to go. Yes.
0: <laughs> I just get the picture of you know like um, you know when people were bubble artists, and yes. that's good. but but then you know that's in terms of beautiful symmetry and patterns and everything that gets created within nature and within soul itself. You know it's just absolutely wonderful. Um, so you're going to be doing a bit more about. Can you explain a little bit more without going into too much detail? Because I know it, it, the work that you're going to be doing in the sacred past lives workshop at the awakening delves more into some archetypes that you've met along the way can you just give us a quick overview of how this work has come to be because it's you know fascinating how you've connected in with these archangels these archetypes
1: yeah fascinating is a good word isn't it um i have had as a personality possibly some of the toughest years i've ever had but of course, there's always method to the to the madness of life. It has enabled me to make connections in um, I get emotional and I will probably cry <coughs> during the actual workshop itself, such as the power of these new beings that um, some are angelic, some are, are um, you, you know universal beings for want of another word. And they reveal themselves one by one. The first one was called Ioniel um, and he revealed himself, first of all, in this very oh, secretive way, which is playing right into my Scorpio rising and my Eighth House Sun stuff. And um, and sort of then introduced me to the next one, which was Daniel. Um, and through a series of events and, and it, it visits and um, awakenings and adjustments and attunements and, and all sorts of weird and wacky things happening, um, they, this council appears in my life um and it was that was one of you know I said earlier about some things I don't like I, I I fought and I I did fight and I kicked and I screamed in a way because I I had to breathe very deeply because they they were shaking the foundations of some of the stuff that I'd learned being taught uh, rather than learn there's a bit of a difference there being taught and learning there is a, a there are different things um and I had you know, to replace some of the the language and some of the way in which I'd work with the Tree of Life as well. Um, but every step of the way, they they proved themselves. And I, I did a, a an Awakening Soul course last year, uh, and which was challenging for me in many ways because it was it was ten months turned into almost a year of work, which is it's about right, I guess. But the, I think when it comes to past lives, what they do is they, they extend our our energy to the universe. You know, so let's not limit ourselves in past lives to this planet, or to this dynamic, or to this energy field. We can take our past lives because we are all part of a bigger, a much more cosmic soup than just earth alone and i think that was the biggest thing for me that we people were coming to me and saying oh, that's why i feel i don't i find it really difficult to be on earth and i don't I, but a lot of us do that but but the actual physical being here with money with food and, and i hear it more and more with people who have eating disorders or they can't stomach certain foods because they're lighter beings than they know you know i I'll tell you in a moment Kate. And so that just a few questions on that bit I'm going to tell you some of the oddest if that's not the right word tell you the most spectacular past lives I've had just recently uh doing one on one with one on one clients.
0: Oh yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I do love. It. I mean, you know, I could just listen to you hours talking about it because actually as you sit here and absorb and I know the ris- listeners are going to um you know, they reach out to me and tell me how much the guests, is hearing people, talking. There's something about podcasts in terms of going into somebody's ear and it l- allowing to resonate through to the soul. Yeah. is something really special. So, thank you for sharing this wisdom. Yeah, it, tell us a bit more about some of these spectacular past lives that you've had recently.
1: Well, I had a I had a clinic for a short while in um, South Sea in in. Portsmouth, unfortunately, uh, I had to give that up too, but I had some wonderful clients and I I don't talk about individuals and I'm not, I'm talking about generic kind of, you know, experiences that I, I saw. And what's really interesting is I've done past life work for many, many years. And, you know, I've gone through many people come and there is no such thing as a boring past life. There really is not. Um, they're all wonderful. They're all incredible. And I always feel extremely honoured to be allowed to sit with someone during these these sessions. Um, but I haven't experienced until just recently, supernatural past lives where there was a series of events where people would come to me and uh, you know, normally it would be uh, to be feeding chickens in Tuscany and the husband would be off and she'd miss him. And then the, the child and there was a relationship with the child. that was really intense and it was echoing a relationship with their child now. Or, or there'd be, you know, historical past lives in, in World War I or perhaps it was something in the court of Queen Elizabeth. All these sorts of things. And then I'm suddenly faced with someone who is a past life as an angel. And I'm thinking... But I always thought angelics were a different race. So they, you, as a human soul, we couldn't be angelic. And then, of course, I asked the question during the past life, saying this was my understanding, just for clarity, being nosy. And the obvious answer, I mean, you just think, I can't believe it's so obvious. But angelics can incarnate into human beings. For whatever reason or whatever purpose, needed so it works the other way around. Um, and this individual, I was thinking, but why would you want to, you know? Uh, and um, she said that uh, she'd done it because uh, through the through the course of the past life, because she needed to see what it was felt like to be a human, to felt like to have a human soul, what it felt like to be part of that that journey, that cosmic journey that wasn't angelic. Um, and the only way to do that was to get down and have a look. And and she said, it's really odd because all my life people have called me an angel. All my life people have said that. And I've never thought much about it. And, and for a living, she worked in a role where, I won't say what she did, because just in case, but she worked in a role where she saw the absolute worst of humanity, the absolute worst of us, because then she was seeing the truth of of how we can be which must be very, it was very difficult for her. Um, I've done past life regression just recently with people who have been time lords, who does exist. In other words, they move between spaces to particular times, as, but the, their past life is doing that. So imagine that their past life is as a time lord. So they move into situations to make sure that certain events are kept in line or certain, so they're almost like cosmic policemen, if you like, which astounded me
0: this is genius absolute genius so angels can have a human existence because I guess, like you say well why wouldn't they you know in order to to take on as much information as they need as well and also that we can be time lords in our own past lives as well love it extraordinary it really is i just i cannot i'm like my whole solar plexus my heart is Fizzing at the moment i cannot wait for the um the workshop next weekend i know it's going to be super powerful um just a quick one before we i ask a a couple of wrap-up questions but you uh, when i reached out to you and said you know like what do what people want to know about really? And you said, how do we deal with things when the angels aren't singing and the unicorns have broken it out of the paddock? You know, this is this is kind of stuff we need to, because we are having a human experience and there is so much... There's so much noise that happens in our everyday life. Social media has brought in another form of communication. It can be a distraction. There's a lot going on politically. There's a lot going on with this time in, I guess, the construct of time as well. So, so how do we deal with, with things when the angels aren't singing, the unicorns are broken out?
1: Ice cream is the answer to that, Kate, quite frankly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ice cream is the winner
1: <laughs> ice cream is the way to go i think um i would say a lot lots of people go through the dark night of the soul it's that kind of and it's not a kind of having a bad day you know and it's equally not um you know we get depressed and we get unhappy and there's various levels of that of course there is um but i think for me it's that feeling of disconnect when you get that feeling of disconnect i was always told that that's actually when they're around you most but what they're saying is you need to you need to just find your way here because this is part of your process and when you see that that even in those moment it's part of your process it kind of helps in a way because you know I, I didn't do the this two will pass this two will pass this two will pass i didn't do the um oh full moon full moon let go let go burn 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 i didn't do any of that. I actually sat and allowed myself to be completely still and to stare uh, to stare at the floor and to be to just let the stuff that needed to leave me leave me without fighting it um, but when you what you can actively do at that time, the best thing I think you can actively do is to write it down. I've, I've come to that recently. So write down even, even if all you're writing is, oh, this is really hard, it's difficult, because you're, you're seeing it and, and it, helps, it helps you understand that it's external in a way, it feels very internal, but it is external too. Um, and that by simply um, breathing, is enough sometimes for me, you know, and that sounds hugely dramatic, but that's actually the first time I've really said this, but for the last few years, months, definitely breathing has been my go-to. I've just sat literally and put as much oxygen into my body as I can and, and breathed it out because I just could not bear the weight of it. Um, and with all these angelics and and new beings and things around me, I, I questioned what was the point. And then something, it, along your day or along the week happens, you do a reading or you talk to someone, um, you see something and, and then you're just reminded. But within that, Kate, you change, you know, I've changed dramatically over the last uh, few years, definitely. Um, so you see that change happening and then you, at some point, like Plato's cave, you come out into a new light and you have to adjust, your eyes adjust. And then yet there you are with a new reality
0: thank you so much and and i think yeah the enormous power of breathing is only now just starting to really be discovered in terms of how it has a positive impact on our health or on our mental well-being on our emotional well-being but that tuning in for a spiritual well-being and an intellectual well-being as well isn't it you know we, we're going to have um Lovely, Kerry, coming to do an introduction to breath work session at the Awakening as well. So, just hearing you say that, kind of, I when I was putting together the program and, and and dropping the seeds for my intention for it, for people to come in and discover more about their own well-being, so that they could be of service to themselves and the world, it kind of all really marries up and makes beautiful sense. So, thank you for sharing that. So, that's kind of one well-being tool that you use. Mm-hmm. Journaling, you've mentioned. Is there anything else that you use on a day to day basis that helps you to manage your self care? Food.
1: And specifically, I am, um, I, you know, always struggled a bit with my weight and, you know, and all the rest of it. And I've f- I found there's two things actually. Food is one of them. And I go completely home cooked. I go, I use forks over knife so I don't know. It's a, it's basically a whole, whole, um, whole meal, whole wheat. Um, there's no oil, there's no carbonated drinks. There's. It sounds, it sounds really punitive, but it's not. It's just cooking in a different way. And the other thing is minimalism. Get rid of the crap. Just get rid of it.
0: Yeah, love that. So taking care of yourself, nourishing the body through food and clearing the crap away. Absolutely cluttering. Thank you so much. So your wisdom has been absolutely wonderful. and Every time I speak to you, I always just come away feeling much more, having more knowledge of myself and my world around me, but just the depth of spiritual connection. So I just want to say thank you for that as well, David, because you are such a gift. And um, I just want to close up with a song that you can share with the Practical Magic listeners in terms of something that reflects your life, something that is, you're tuning into right now.
1: I would like to suggest um, The Rhythm of Life, but the Sammy Davis Jr. version from Sweet Charity. And if you watch it on YouTube, you cannot fail but to dance and smile. (laughs)
0: Amazing. Okay, I'm going to pop a link up to that on the um, on the Practical Magic podcast web page as well. Thank you so much for joining us today, David. And thank you again for your work and very much look forward to seeing you at the Awakening next weekend. Is there anything else in terms of your work or anything that's coming up for you at the moment that you'd like to share with the listeners?
1: You know, I'm coming out of of a cave of of contemplating what's going on. So the best thing to do is just check my website for where I am or what's happening. There's not a lot at the moment, but things are about to change, I'm absolutely sure.
0: Yeah, and if you um, feel called to have a reading or a past life regression with David, I can highly recommend it. So thank you, David, and look forward to seeing you next weekend.
1: Thank you, Kate. I can't wait to see you. Big old hug.
0: Well, wasn't that just the most divine conversation? I can feel myself completely lifted from that. Big thank you again to David and thank you all for listening today. Tickets for the Awakening Festival. The weekend tickets are now sold out. So if you do want to come along and you'd love to come to David's workshop or any of the other workshops that are happening on this Saturday, so there's talks, workshops, therapies, movement session, yoga, meditation, all the good stuff around our health really our mental physical emotional and spiritual health it's all there on offer for you so head on over to the website www.awakeningfestival.co.uk to buy tickets to come along for next Saturday Saturday the 8th of June over on the gorgeous, gorgeous Isle of Wight I'm going to be back next week with a quick podcast before I do head over to the island to get set up for everything so until then hope you can take some of the magic that's come across in the podcast today and use it or reach out to David or reach out to me and let me know how it got on and... If you are listening on iTunes, please, 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 this is a huge, huge, could you please do this? Go over and leave us a little star rating and even better, leave a review as well because it just helps connect the podcast to other people. All right, my loves, until next week, take care.